A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. For the people really enthusiastic with the outdoors, this is the ultimate frontier. Known as the land of the red mountain goats, the Spatsizi Plateau is in the upper basin of the Stikeen River in north-central British Columbia in Canada. It's a remote no-man's land. They like to go there because there's a good population of wildlife. It's themselves and Mother Nature. Hello, I'm Sonia Yee. And you're listening to Only Human, a podcast about the human experience in its raw and sometimes unexpected form. And this is a story about an adventure. I'm an enthusiastic uh, person who likes to experiment various ways of living. And this is Lucy Levesque. Her friends say she's intense, enthusiastic. She was always up to try new things. Lucy had been living in New Zealand for about three years before she headed back to Canada for a short jaunt working as a French teacher aide. When the school term was out, she was directed to an exciting opportunity. To go to uh, work for a hunting lodge in the wilderness. And this lodge has the particularity of being, I wouldn't say off-grid. What she means is there's no running water or electricity. Svatsizi is a significant hydrographic area. It's also known as the Sacred Headwaters. Articles and adventure blogs speak of the confronting brutality of its nature. So these people tra- travelling the world, uh, they come from South Africa, uh, America, uh, Australia. They, they come in this lodge, they get dropped by, the, by float plane, and they do what we call a work bee in the late afternoon. They will go in the surround with the, the guide outfitter manager. They do this while I'm preparing some food for them, and they will bring back some kind of log. They're quite big. They are the, the length of a human leg, 40 to 50 centimeters diameters. The next day, we pack the horses, and they, off they go. And that's when Lucy's job really begins. So we had to cut the wood and create some form of heat to cook and to get some warm water. <laughs> she could barely keep up with the amount of wood that needed to be chopped. My job was, yeah, to reducing the, the size of those logs for cooking because you need to chop the wood in different sizes to get a steady heat coming out from wood while you cook and bake. She was left all alone for up to 14 days at a time with no means of communication. And the closest point of civilization is an eight-day trek on horseback with nothing but a dirt road. Yeah, I would say it's probably 150 kilometres closest to a, a nearby settlement. Accessing water wasn't exactly a walk in the park either. Carrying fresh water from the glacier water because we didn't have any 
running water. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was doing all sorts of things. Now, there's no real way to prepare yourself for this kind of face-off with nature. But before Lucy was left to fend for herself, her manager, a woman in her 70s who'd been managing the lodge for 20-odd years, passed on some sage advice, although it wasn't quite what Lucy expected. Firstly... To take the whole experience as a game. Now, the thing with games is that they can make us more alert. Lucy was told to sing and... Just make sure that you speak to yourself. Which didn't make any sense at the time, until only a week in she realised the muscularity in her face and her mouth was starting to feel sluggish. When you don't speak, your vocal cords become rusty. When you're by yourself in the wilderness, if for any reason you need to move anywhere else, you know, if any wildlife decide to become more intruder in your zone, you must create some sounds because it could save your life. But she quickly found a way around it. From then on, I decided to create some little uh, videos. I was realising also that was a great opportunity to experience this kind of lifestyle and decided, OK, as a game, I will, I will make videos and talking. It keeps you also fit and sane. Now, the next important piece of advice, while not very obvious, was equally as vital. To observe the horses, to feed at the same exact time so the horses will come back every morning. One day I was by myself with the horses and then there was a grizzly bear grubbing his back nearby my little cabin and the, the tree was moving. I didn't know what to do. She froze. She watched and waited. And then the horses came together. One took the lead and they chased the grizzly bear. Before this trip, Lucy had nothing to do with horses. There was no second nature way of behaving. She was literally learning on the job. They are very territorial. It was quite uh, fascinating. So I felt safe with the horses around me. Do you think the grizzly bear was there because of the horses or do you think it's because he smelt you? It is their territory. So it, it's not about smelling me and, and the horses. That's their territory. It's usually densely populated. It's grizzly bear country. And these horses are really huge. <laughs> In order to, to jump on one of the horses, I had to jump on the fence. The manager said to me back then that there was only one place in Canada based in Saskatchewan that they could make the size of these horseshoes. Now, the thing about the Spatsizi terrain is she wasn't affronted with the thick mud and rain and mosquitoes that she'd read about but faced with the hottest recorded temperatures to date, which had its downsides too, because it was stiflingly hot. Rubbish either was composted or burnt. They were costing too much money to, to get out by float plane. They just burned the rubbish in a pit. The horses love it because it creates smoke. It keeps the bugs away from them. So the crew came back from a hunt and the wrangler decided to create some rubbish to burn. By the time he's packed up and left the site, he's left more than a bit of rubbish behind. There was an underground fire around the lodge. For three days, there was smoke coming out from the ground. I was frantically running down the river, grabbing some water, digging little trenches around 
the lodge. The lodge was located at a junction of two main rivers, Sikin and Spetsizi. And it would take roughly three kilometers for the water to melt. Maybe I would say 500 meters, but on a very steep uh, river bank. According to Google Maps, this is about 26 minutes either way. For Lucy, maybe 18 minutes, because she's super fit. And while she's thinking she might become part of a roast dinner, there was one small comfort. At summertime, the, the daylight goes really, really late. Past 1am, it's so light. It took me three days to put it out, yeah. One was really out of my comfort zone. And boy, had she been tested and pushed to her limits. But the challenges and demands just kept on coming because nature has a way of doing its own thing. It's untamable. This morning started as a clear blue sky, then around 10 a.m. I've seen above two hills away a big white puffy clouds in the sky, similar to a nuclear bomb. I was by myself again with the horses. I was on the wrong side of the river because the lodge is on the side of the river where there's no connection to any trails. At this particular stage, I was quite alert. I was trying to figure out maybe I will hear some some plane, some, maybe some plane will try to land to rescue me. Except those planes never came. I was thinking about the whole logistic. Oh, could these horses instinctively cross by themselves or just decide to stay and whatever happened, happened. By this stage, Lucy's starting to feel exhausted. She's worried about her survival as well as the safety of the horses. My eyes are itchy despite wearing my sunglasses and my throat is irritated by the smoke. At 3 p.m. today, I could barely see the sun. The whole sky is yellow and orange. It is beautiful and scary at the same time. How long did this fire last? It lasted over a week easily. It was super hazy. You know, you would breathe and smell the smoke. Um, it never came qu- quite close enough to you to be any more concerned or did it start blowing in the other direction? Or I did not want it to, to think too much because I don't think I would have been able to cope. You need to contain yourself and accept, OK, this is what's going on right now. Deal with one step at a time and you, you try to remain calm and positive. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're by yourself in those silent places where even your own blood circulation creates noise. You know, you need to put some earplugs when you go at night to try to to find some calm because it's so noisy, you become super alert. And, and if you start to lose your mind, um, you could injure yourself. And, and did you have any sort of accidents over that, the course of that time? I mean, it sounds like you said you were super alert, you were quite fit. Did anything else unexpected happen that put you um, in danger? Well, the only time that I had an, a kind of injury was um, there was a horse missing, so we went for searching for a horse, and we went horseback in the wilderness. We were pretty much guided by the horses on very steep terrain. I hugged the horse. I thought that at some stage the horse was climbing almost. It was, it was almost vertical. <laughs> Like, even when we were coming down on the same hill, I literally had to lay 
on my back parallel to the horse. Otherwise, I, I couldn't have kept kept my balance. It was really out of my comfort zone. <laughs> wow. So how many people were there doing that with you, looking for that horse? Uh, it was only myself and the wrangler. So the wrangler decided to start to run with the horses. He has forgotten that I was quite beginner in horseback riding. I lasted maybe a minute, a minute and a half, and then I lost the balance, and I fell off from the horses. The horses decided to stop, so I landed all my weight on one shoulder. Did you go to hospital? Like, what happened? How did you look? No, there were no hospitals. It took me, like, six months to be able to raise my, my arm above shoulder. At any point, did you think, what on earth am I doing here? Like, why did I come here? This is awful. Um, I did not find anything awful. I, I, I thought that it was quite a beautiful experience. What, what marked me, though, is on those beautiful experiences that I could see, you know, like the forest fire, the herd of horses, uh, the melting water. Each time what struck in my mind is, this is, this is life, this is nature, but here I am alone, 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 alone. After three months, I have done so much physical and endurance work. My hands are so dry and cracked that I cannot fully open them. I'm craving human interaction and deep conversation. It is in life not necessarily to be strong, but to feel strong. This adventure pushed Lucy to her absolute limits. But did it stretch her so far that she came away feeling somehow changed? That made me realize that we are designed to connect, interconnect in between each other. I discovered how much resilience I could get into. How I could be resourceful with so little knowledge that I had a kind of survival response. My response to survival was uh, quite alert. Changed my interaction with people. Don't take people for granted. I learned also to cherish each moment of life as the last moment. The only question now, would she do it all over again? Yeah, I've been contemplating for a few years now that, yeah, I would like to, but I would like to do it with at least another person. I have this dream one day to be able to do the Nahani River, which is somewhere in the Northwest Territories, and I think it passed through Yukon. I would go definitely, but not by myself. You've been listening to Only Human, and I'm your host and producer, Sonia Yu. The sound engineer was Phil Benge, and the executive producer for the series and podcast team is Tim Watkins.